Welcome to another episode of Psyche of Sales on behalf of Enable IQ. As always, Johnny Lee here, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jed Wood. Yep, evening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, today, we want to cover, as we always discuss, we want to get into the mindset of what top performers do. And, and uh, I was fortunate enough, while I was in NZ, a couple of weeks ago to interview some really high-performing salespeople. And as you know, I came back a little bit excited. And uh, I thought we'd just, you know, 15, 20 minutes won't take long today. But just share a, a couple of real standout points that I think are just critical, but just too often we overcomplicate things and we just miss them. Fantastic. So let, let's start by talking a little bit about, you say top performers. How much more are the top performers achieving than the core performers to really put the benefits of this in perspective? Probably about four to five times performance. Wow. And because their, their business is very commission-led, yeah. we're talking incomes of four, five, sometimes 15 times wow. you know, what they're doing with other performers in their okay. teams. Okay. So I know when you came back, one of the things that you'd spent a lot of time with them on was this idea of prospecting and some of the things that make a real difference there. What were some things that stood out for you with the top performers? I think this is the thing, and, and, and for those that are listening and for those that do really appreciate the fact that you are, it's just how simple it was. And one of the performers, we actually went for dinner last Thursday, he was in Sydney, and um, I finished my holiday a night early to, to catch up with him and someone else. And, and uh, I actually said to him and to, to the leader within that business, just how simple they keep their business. Right. So. Both of them, the two top performers that I'm talking about here, and then there are a number of high performers I met, mm -hmm. but I'm just singling out these two. They, one of them in particular gets in the office at 8 a.m. every day, and he goes home because he's got a new baby at five o'clock. That's his day. Wow. Five, 5.30, that's as long. Now, he used to work longer hours, so he set the business up to be able to be there. But at 8 a.m. in the morning, he's there, and he spends the first 15 minutes just setting up what he has to do for the day. It's just a core plan, as simple as that. These are the people we need to connect with. We've got another team member and they just get total clarity in that 15 minutes. And then from 8.15 to 11 a.m., they hit the phones. Wow. Now, if a client calls up and says, I want to buy from you right now, guess what he says? Can I talk to you later? Sorry, I have to meet you this afternoon. Really? Because between that time and 11 a.m. is his prospecting time. Wow. Right? And, and I remember when I started in sales and I was door knocking, as you know, and I was on the phones, I know. We used to drop a door knocking team out to a particular suburb or an area. And I'd drop everyone off and I'd we'd take their kits off. I'd take their mobile phones off them, take their cigarettes off them, because all you had to do was knock on doors. And from three o'clock to five o'clock, that's all you did, right? If someone said, I'm ready to buy an alarm off you right now, once I made that mistake, and then I sat in the cold on the street from five o'clock to 10 o'clock because I had no other appointments. And I sold one for the night. But my goal was never to sell one, it was to sell three or four. Nice. And so what we did is we looked at this as appointment setting time from three to five, and then from 5.30 till 10, that's when I sell. Good. And I think in this mindset is, is, is prospecting sets up everything that we do. Like our qualified leads are qualified, mostly when we're prospecting. The warmth of a lead, the quality of a lead, it sets up when we're prospecting. The number of leads of the people that we're seeing set up from prospecting, right? And it's just that mindset of, I get it at eight, I get total clarity of who I'm gonna to speak to, and then from 8.15 to 11, we just hit the phones. And are these people who are relatively new in their territory, so they have to do a lot of prospecting, or are they already established within it? They're both 
34 years old. They've been in their business for 12 years. Wow. And this is their operating rhythm. Wow. Because that's unusual, isn't it? You, you often assume people who've been in territory longer can spend a little bit less time because they're already known in the territory. Well, if you ask them, they are spending less time prospecting than what they did ah. when they first started. And so that's another thing, right? It's just the, the pure time of it. Now, the other gentleman works longer hours, right? He's relentless. He is uh, he's a phenomenal work ethic, uh, great at what he does, but he would prospect for somewhere between three and five hours a day, every single day. Yeah, it really is relentless. And so I suppose what I'm getting at is, and, and you know me, I'm a, I'm a prospector. I like prospecting. It's something I enjoy doing. Um, I'm constantly sending text messages, emails, making phone calls. Whenever I get a spare 20, 30 minutes, that's what I spend my time doing. But these top performers, that they don't reach a level and then stop. No. It might be less than what they were doing, but it's that idea of how do I just keep continuing, continue this prospecting. Think of our professional services clients. Think of our in finance or insurance who are meeting financial advisors or institutions. The one thing that drops is they're picking up the phone and setting up that prospecting, that follow-up email, that follow-up call. You know, that ability just to put time aside. And I think I'd challenge everyone out there that if you could put one, two, three hours aside every single day of total clarity around prospecting, right? To challenge me that your business would be smaller as a result. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think prospecting gets easier when you're doing it that much or, or harder? I, I think to those that are doing it, it's not about easy or hard. It's just part of their business. Right. So if your car's running out of fuel, what would you do? Yeah. What do you do? Go to the petrol station. Do you enjoy going to the petrol station, filling up fuel? No. Right? Do you think a lot about whether you enjoy it or not, or do you just know it's just part of what you do? Yeah. Right? And I think in, in our businesses, we just, like we'd fill up fuel in our car, we'd pick up the phone and we prospect. We send emails. We get on LinkedIn. We're sending text messages. Like, it just has to be part of what you do every day, as opposed to, and I had a leader when I was younger who used to talk about how much he hated door knocking. And his teams hated door knocking. I told my teams how you can have total control of your destiny if you master this art. Guess what? My team loved door knocking. Yeah. Well, maybe didn't love it, but they knew it was part of what they had to do. And I think that's that shift, right? It's, it's that idea of it's not going anywhere, prospecting. You have to do it. Yes. Right? If you, yeah. if you want to be effective and successful. And the big message we were taking around the country while we were there is that we're not asking you to work 20 hours a week more. We're not asking you to work 30 hours a week more, even 10 hours. Just asking you to be more effective in the hours that you're actually working. So when you can think about that you're writing three, four, five, six, 15 times more, working eight till five, right? So they're not extensive hours. And I've no doubt he had to work more hours when he first started, but he's reached that point. But the one thing he didn't drop was that. When I spoke at ARIC in 2012, there was an agent, uh, down in Melbourne, I don't know if we're allowed to mention him, I'm sure there's no reason why we can't. But he was James Tosterman. He's like one of the top agents in the country. And he writes millions and millions a year. And he talked about this idea of that a lot of agents that the more experience they get and the better they get, they start hiring teams. Mm-hmm. So they hire a junior. That junior picks up the phone and makes all the calls right. on a Monday morning. And then they get a junior to go out and sit at the front of open homes and sit inside and so on. And this person spends their entire time, an agent, you know, sitting there and making sure the photos are done properly, making sure the copy's done well, 
all the marketing and going out with the marketing and domain and all these different things. And he says, that's my job. A copywriter can write copy. You know, a photographer can take a photo. What I need to do is make 200 calls every single Monday morning, right? And he would make 200 calls, making millions of dollars a year, but still make 200 calls every Monday. And he reached a point and I think someone said, why do you still make 200 calls even though you're, yeah, you know, yeah. got this business? And he says, because at my market share, someone would need to make 500 calls just to oust me out of my market. Well, and I'm yeah. not, I haven't met anyone willing to do that yet. <laughs> and, and I reckon that's the thing that's often missed again with prospecting. The longer we're in it, we reduce it, we rely on our market, that market will dwindle. Yeah. And all it needs is a young buck, a young lady, a young man to come in with high levels of enthusiasm and prospecting and work ethic, and they will eventually beat you. They will. Yeah. You know, in this industry after industry of people that are coming in with higher energy, and they'll win. Yeah. Like I think 15 years ago when I started in consulting, like the reason the business is where we are today is because I don't think another consultant would have dreamed of making 30, 40, 50 calls a day, no. right? And just get rejected and rejected and rejected out there. And again, I spoke to a guy in finance last night for dinner. And I said to him, he said, if you were to start tomorrow selling for us, what would you do? And I said, I'd find out who gives us the most business and make sure they're locked in. Secondly, I'd looked at who gives us business, who where there's potential to give us more, significantly more. So they use us 10% of the time, 20%, 30%. And then I'd find the people who use our biggest competitors and give them loads of business, right? So I lock in one side, I'm looking at increasing share of wallet in the middle, and then I'm looking at those new wins that will make a material impact on what we do, right? And this might be, let's say it's 30, 30, 30 that you've got. Over here, I'm seeing them three, four times a year, the first 30, right? And that's great, just locking them in. The mid ones, I might have to contact them 10 or 12 times yeah. a year. Yeah. And then these new ones, I might have to contact them 30 times in a year. Now that's not 30 meetings. It could be phone calls, yeah. could be emails. Hey, I just thought of you, this is really interesting. Have you seen it? Could be inviting them to a game of footy. It could be inviting them to, to lunch. It could be an event on the industry, create an event. But it's gonna take multiple contact points to convert them. Before you know it, they'll give you a little bit of business. Then they move into your middle. And before you know it then, they become your big clients. And then it's just maintaining that piece, right? And the thing is, if we get so comfortable with our main clients, it just takes that person to come in and start doing what I'm talking about. And they will eventually start giving them a little bit of business. And then they'll start giving them more business. And before you know it, they've got the major share of wallet or majority of that business. And I think the thing that really hit me, and this is one inspired me, it, it, I've done more prospecting, I think, in the last week than I have outside of, of this in the last year or two. It's just how simple it is. So apart from this critical thing of allocating significant time to it, yep. were there any other themes or patterns in what the best people do? Well, this is the exciting because as you know, we're building a prospecting module that, that's gonna be on Enable IQ soon. But as you know, you, we have broken it down to seven yeah, key critical success factor. So number one is consistently dedicate time to prospecting and you're yeah. operating with them, yeah. right? And I asked over 220 people, who here puts consistent time aside, right? And I think it was like 10% actually does it. Right. My favorite was a couple of really honest people, which I actually really liked this. And they said, I put time aside, I just don't actually do it, right? <laughs> Something always comes up and that, that happens, yeah. right? But at least you're honest about it. But putting time aside and actually doing it, 
Um, and these podcasts are probably like that for us, as Will would be nodding his head in the background. Um, we had an option today where a finance meeting was meant to be into this, so let's push the podcast. And I said, well, we've put this three times off, so let's just sit and do it. Um, the next one is, is this idea of prepare for your prospecting. You know, like I said, who are we reaching out to? And whether it's researching them, but just having a really clear plan of who are we getting in touch with. So it's not making a call or sending an email and go, okay, who's next, right? It is actually saying these are the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 people I'm going to be contacting. And then you can go person to person to person. And I know that, that you know, the books will tell you do a lot of research on each person. Do a little bit, right? Because we can fall into paralysis and it can get in the way of actually doing it. I remember there was days where I just couldn't stand the thought of knocking on a stranger's door. And I would sit in my car and I'd say, okay, what I'm probably better off doing is I'll, I'll organise the gift packs, right? Okay, and now, you know, I'll, I'll organise, I'll, I'll actually fill out the addresses in advance of these on the, the surveys rather than do one at a time. And then I'll, I'll sit there and go, well, why don't I plan my week out of where I'm going to do a knock each day? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's 45 minutes. I only really had an hour, an hour and 10. There's no point doing it for 20 I'll come back in the morning and then I'll be totally prepared. You know, it's almost paralysis, right? You find yeah. anything not to do it. So I think that that prepare but don't over prepare. Next, you talk about this idea of having a clear purpose for every call, every contact point, and a clear next step. So that would be part of the prep, I guess, to be clear on that. Yeah, it's that idea of, I won't say too much in case a client's heard this, but you know, hey, Will, it's Johnny calling from Enable. Thought about you the other day. We're working on a couple of things um, that I think are really going to be relevant for you. If you got 15 minutes, we could just grab a cup of coffee or grab a quick call at some point. You know, it, it, it's that idea of that's what I'm calling you for. Um, shooting a note out to an email. You know, like I'd love to catch up with you about, I'll give them a reason for it, but what is the next step? And sometimes you don't get the meeting, you don't get that. So, so what can I get from it? Yeah. Maybe one yeah. more bit of information. Before I go, I know everyone's crazy busy at the moment. Just tell me, how are things going for you at the moment? Right? Or what, what's the, the, the biggest challenge that you, you and the team are facing? Right? Just something, to get something from it. Um, it it's understand your, what would you call it, your area, your, how would you describe it? Like, so you mean geographic territory or your Your territory is probably the, 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 the main thing out there. Yeah. Some people, it could be Australia, it could be Asia, it could be the world, you know, but, but what's your territory? Or your market segment or your vertical? 100%. Yeah. So understand it and then everyone who's a potential target within it, right? Yeah. yeah. Like a, a guy I was speaking to earlier today and, and he's, a, he's a very good leader, but he said, look, we've had a few times of late where we've had good clients of ours turned out that they have huge amounts of business with other people we didn't know about. But they're great clients of ours, so why didn't we know? So really knowing your territory, so to speak. There's a street in Holdsworthy, and the alarms were portable. When I was selling alarms and I was 19, there was 23 houses in the street, and 22 of them had alarms for me. Wow. Right? It was my favourite ever alarm. Like, I think <laughs> I valued that street for me, in, you know, on commission or something like this, as it was, it was worth whatever to me, like $15,000 or something like this, this street, which at 19 was a fortune. But it was, I realised that this market worked for what we were selling for a whole bunch of reasons. And so I just kept going back. And every time I'd win one, I'd go and put stickers on everyone's door, just letting them know. 
yeah. you know, from there. And that's prospecting, right? Yeah. And then like, would, would you like me to come in and have a conversation? And before you know it, I got 22 out of 23, could never get the 23rd, it really bothered me, because uh, it would have been a clean sweep. Um, but, but I think that idea of just really understanding it, I think the next one is this idea of giving up too soon. Yeah, yeah. Like chatting to a couple of guys today, because at what point do you give up, Johnny, on, on someone? So why would you? It takes seconds to send an email, you know, it, like yeah. to, to shoot a text message, you know. So just have a, a number of people that you're going to nurture and stay in touch with and just shoot them a note. Hey, really interesting article on this. Thought you or your clients might be interested in this. Let me know when you're free to have a catch up. Just, you're not even asking to catch up. You're just planting a seed. Think about me. Yeah. Think about me in a way where I know what's going on in the market. Hey, I heard this deal was done from that. I hope that works out really well for you. Um, I hope we cross paths soon. I, I love the fact that by doing that, it's in many ways it's it's a soft sell because what you're really doing is you're adding value even when you're not selling to them. Hundred percent. Yeah. And that's it. That, that's how the nurturing works, yeah. right? And so we we use this example where, <clears throat> excuse me, we use an example where we were talking about a financial advisor who reached out to fifty accountants sent an introductory email and we helped them with the, the wording. Four accountants came back and they had four coffees. And he said, that's a pretty good result, but I haven't got any referrals from it. Great, well, you need to find more and more reasons to get in touch with these four accountants. They're now in your nurturing list, yeah. right? Then we sent a note to the other 46 and we said, we're sorry, we missed you a few weeks ago. We hold events from time to time around education and we do them both for accountants, but we also do it for, for private clients as well who want to learn more about investment markets and things like this. Um, let me know if you or any of your clients would be interested in attending and we'll just shoot you an invite on, on the list. And two came back. So we've actually increased our conversion rate by 50%. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then we shot a note and said, we mentioned an event. So this went to the 44 others, right? We mentioned an event. Um, here's the event that we've got coming up. Let me know if you or anyone's interested. And three came back, right? So now we're at nine instead of four. So then we shot a note to the other 41. Sorry you couldn't make it. Here's a couple of the slides that we went through and the three main takeouts. Feel free to share it with your team and your clients and see if it's of interest. Like minutes yeah. it takes to send this. Yet we, we sort of do four, it didn't work, what's the point? But now we have 12 accountants that we can engage with and be engaged with over a period of time. And then we have 38 others who haven't said, leave me alone. Because they could do that, right? Yeah, of course they could. Right? Trust me, yeah. if you're on my LinkedIn, you want to know how to be told to be left alone, I will tell you. Stop sending me messages. My guy the other day, he said to me, um, did my last message resonate with you? I said, clearly not. <laughs> right? I haven't heard from him again since. Right? People can and will say no. Yeah, yeah. Right? But if you can keep adding value, like if someone sent you a note and said, hey, an event coming up, um, around learning around the financial markets or learning around how sales could better improve or how insurance could or market around real estate or how to better promote or value your property. Is that offensive in any way whatsoever? No, not at all. And in fact, because of the potential personal value, it's quite the opposite, isn't it? Exactly. If then someone th three weeks later said, sorry you couldn't attend, here's the slides and the main takeouts, would you find that offensive? I'd, I'd probably find that a really positive follow-up. Yeah, it's incredibly valuable. And that's the thing when it comes to prospecting. And, and I, I want to keep this as, as simple as we can, right? I don't want to make this any more comp kind of complicated than it needs to be. 
but it is just a matter of having a plan and doing it and sticking with it, right? But so that idea, stay in the game. But something you say there that's, that's interesting is, I think a lot of people stop following up because they tend to use the same way to follow up. It's phone call after phone call. I've tried phoning them five times. They're not answering. I haven't caught them. I'm going to give up. But if you start to use different ways of reaching out to them and it becomes lead nurturing where you're looking to add value, even if you don't hear back, it's absolutely following up, but in a much more constructive way, isn't it? 100%. I was talking to someone just before, trying to go for catch up and potential renewals of business and things like this, but also just really like him. And I said, what are you doing after that session? Oh, well, I'm going to take the team out. I said, would you be open to, he goes, oh, you could join us if you want to. I said, would you be open to us just putting an hour of drinks on if we just sponsored an hour of drinks with you and the team? Well, we'd love to just say thank you. Oh, but that'd be awesome. Right? It's not going to cost much at all. But that idea of just finding a way of connecting, engaging, like just like spend time creating reasons to get in touch with people. So, so the, the next one we talk about is using multiple media in your outreach, phone, email, voicemail, LinkedIn. Like don't just use the same as you've said. Use multiple ways. Like, oh, I'm a shocker for this, but oh, manly last night, I took a beautiful photo and I sent it to a bunch of people that I knew and said, hey, this place is awesome. Next time we catch up, we should think about coming down here. Right? Just put you in someone's brain. Yeah. And, and prospecting isn't, we almost think of it as it's annoying and things like this. It's just, to me, it's just part of what I do every day. It's probably not a day I don't go send five, 10 messages or emails to someone about something. And then the final one is this idea of just being assumptive. Yeah. Like, when can we meet? Love to catch up. When's a good time? Yeah. You know, it's so funny when I think the one thing that success does for you, and these guys would be like that, it probably wouldn't cross their mind that someone wouldn't meet with them. I can believe that. Because yeah. I know for me that doesn't. Yeah. Like, why would you not? Right? And um, I've used this a few times, and we might use this as a wrap up, but I remember I, I owned an education company years ago, and the guys that started it, young geniuses you should see them now you know what they're doing in the world and it's, it's quite amazing but they would pick up the phone and they would call school principals to get meetings and they'd call up and they'd say um hi can i speak to mr wood please <laughs> and it sounded like a kid who's just left school yeah. wanting to speak to them and they were getting through like one in every 30. yeah they might get through and so we changed it we, we practiced their voice a little bit to sound older than 12. and so let's say jed wood's the principal and we'd say um yeah, hi, uh, you pop me through to Jed, please. And they'd say, yeah, who, uh, who's calling? I said, it's Johnny. Yeah, and can I, will they know what's regarding? Yeah, if you say it's Johnny from Talent Gen, please. Right, and we would get through six out of every 10. So one wow. from 30 to six out of every 10. The biggest challenge then was once they were talking to the, the school principal, they didn't know what to say. So we had to do a bit of work on that. But you imagine the shift of yeah. one in 30 to six in 10, right? So, so what is that? That's a... Three, 18 times shift. That is like, it changed our whole business by just shifting that piece of, can you pop me through to Jed, please? Mask is called, yep, Johnny Colling from Talent Gen. Does he know what it's about? Just tell him it's Johnny from Talent Gen. Yeah. Thanks. And they go, oh, well, you sound like you're meant to get through, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? And that's the whole shift out there. So I think we'll put this up on, on LinkedIn as well for people to see it. But it's that idea of number one is just constantly dedicate time for your prospecting, your operating rhythm. Just do it. Put time aside and stick with it. Make sure you prepare who you're going to be speaking to. Create that list and make sure you action it. Have a clear purpose, number three, for every call, every contact and a clear next step. 
understand your territory, your patch, your area, your accessible market, and who's in it, who's working on it. You constantly be reading the, the industry news, the changes, the shifts, and update people with it. Do not give up too soon. If they're worthwhile, if they're, if they're a big enough client that could make a difference to your business, stay in until they tell you not to. Yeah. Continue to follow up, but don't annoy them. Add value. Use multiple media. Use phone, email, voicemail. We've got clients now using video, right? I'm a big user of LinkedIn, congratulating people, letting them know and so on, and then be assumptive. Assume they want to work with you. And if, if, if you don't think they do, find a way to add more value. So they should. And these principles are just as relevant if you're a top performer or if you're a new salesperson. The only difference is, I think, between the top and the new is the top people do it more yeah. and they have the yeah. confidence to be assumptive. Yeah, yeah. They've got the confidence to it, or they're known in the market a bit more. But I'll tell you what, it's, it just hit me the other day seeing it, and then it, it, it's that epiphany of just, this is really simple, but if you don't get prospecting right, you won't get business right. Jed, thanks for joining us. Thank for you. those that are interested, we are sipping on a 2016 uh, Domaine de Lalo. Uh, it's a beautiful premier crew for Newey St. George and uh, what, about seven years of age. And I reckon it's, uh, it's, it's hit its mark right now, isn't it? Absolutely good. This is from the cellar, actually. Oh. Yeah, so enjoyed it. So look, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. And if you do one thing today is get out there and prospect, prospect, prospect.